Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning, you can turn with me to the book of John, the Gospel John, and we'll start reading chapter 6. We'll start reading at verse verse 1. Amen. Does anybody else just feel good in your spirit? Amen. Serenity said, Amen. Run up here with Pastor. Come on. I want you to say it in the microphone. Can you do that? Say, Amen, just as loud as you can. Come on. Say, Amen. Let's do it together, okay? Are you scared? That's hard, huh? (laughs) Say, Amen. Ready? One, two, three. (laughs) Amen. Tough crowd. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I love you, sweetheart. Man, she's like, get me, get me away from that crazy guy. Don't be mad at me. (laughs) She'll never want to sit on the front pew again. (laughs) Amen. John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Philip, this is your opportunity. That's not what he said. I'm saying that. (laughs) When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. For he knew himself, he, he himself knew what he would do. When, when the Lord asks you a question, He's not looking for the answer. But he wants to see what's going on in our minds to see if we're on board with who he is and what he has already purposed to do. Somebody say amen. He asked him the question knowing what he was going to do. That's awesome. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. All right. Now, 
200 penny worth is not a lot of money, but, and he wasn't saying what would it would take to feed all of them. He was saying, this is what we have, I believe. This is what we have in order to make happen what needs to happen. This is, this is what we have, and that's not enough. Somebody say, that's not enough. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. So there was 5,000 men, and some of them had their family with them, right? Children and maybe some women. And so who knows how many? It says 5,000 because there was 5,000 men. But And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, somebody say he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. What a miracle. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. God is over and above. Amen. He's over and above. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he's more. God's more. Do it again. Elbow somebody else. Touch somebody. He's more. Step across the aisle. Tell five or six people he's more. Come on, take a walk. He's more. He's more. Somebody that's not moving, go to them. He's more. Amen. He's more. He's more than enough. He's over and above. Come on, somebody. He's more. He's greater. He's bigger. Can somebody say amen? Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. He's, he's more. In, uh, I always give you a couple minutes. Everybody's situated and comfortable. Ready to preach with me? Giddy up, go. Don't spur me too hard. <laughs> I might buck you off. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Most people in pastoring, um, I've seen, experienced, that most people don't serve God or come to God because 
they have enough. Most people, I say all people, when they come to the Lord, there's a reason that they come to God. Amen. There is a, a situation or a circumstance that brings them to the end of themselves. Amen. Because living life, I'm 46 years old and, and uh, uh, starting to grow into maturity. <laughs> there are some lessons that life had to teach me. Amen. Growing up, I was raised in church. I was, I was raised a preacher's kid, a PK. I feel your pain. Come on, I, I know what it's like to, to have all the high expectations placed on you as the pastor's kids. Come on. I know what it's like to be raised and sitting at the table of the master. Come on. I remember having Sunday school teachers come in and, and, and adults, and they would come and teach our Sunday school classes, and we would know more than the teachers. Amen. Because we had the privilege of growing up in the church. Amen. We had the privilege of growing up with the word of God, with the, the word of life, with the, the stories of Jonah and the whale. Come on. The stories of Noah and the ark. The, the, the stories of David and Goliath. Come on. The stories of situations where there was no hope and there was no answer. Come on. But God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Amen. I learned as a young man that when I'm in a struggle or a situation that I don't have the answer to, that I serve a God that has enough. I serve a God that has the strength. I serve a God that has the wisdom. I serve a God that has the finances. I serve a God that has the love. Come on. I serve a God that has the mercy. Amen. You can be seated. Stepping out of the protection of what was created for me, I went out on my own and began to do my own thing and live the way I wanted to live and act the way I wanted to act. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I was, a, uh, I was raised with all the wisdom and knowledge uh, that, a, that a child could, could, could be given, but but in essence, chose to do it my own way. Amen. Chose to go out on, on my own and, and have my own go at it. Amen. To, to, to really find out uh, what's true and what's not true and what's real and what's not real. Amen. Because having, ha having not experienced the world beyond the, the protection of the church, uh, there was something in me uh, that, 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 that wanted to, to break out, that wanted to do my own thing. But I found out through a little bit of living uh, that nothing that this world world has is worth anything. It will not add anything to your life that is of value, but it will destroy and it will steal and it will take everything of value in your world. And it ultimately it will destroy your soul in hell. 
I remember picking myself up and finding myself in a place I never thought that I would be in, with feelings I never thought that I would have, struggling in a way that I never thought I would struggle. Come on, somebody. But it wasn't too long where I realized that I had a deficiency in my life that I could not fill myself. There was a, there was a deficiency in my world that I could not fill. There was a, there was a power in my life that I needed that I did not have. There was strength and wisdom that I lacked, that, but I knew, I knew the God that I was taught when I was a child. And so the Bible says that the prodigal ran back to the father's house. He ran back to a place of safety. He ran back to a place of fulfillment and a purpose. And as he looked down the road, the Bible says, as he's walking down the path, the father saw him afar off. He didn't wait for him to get back. He didn't wait for him to repent. But when he saw him make the turn and he's on the path back to the father, the Bible says that the father ran to him. He saw him afar off. He ran to him and met him and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him and said, my son that was dead is now alive again. That's the mercy of our God. Amen. And where we don't have the ability to get where we need to be, how many know God came where we were at? I didn't have the ability to, to, to pay penance for all of my sin and all of the things that I'd done wrong, all of my actions. And that's why the Bible says that God was manifest in the flesh. Come on. He took upon him the form of a man and he made himself in the likeness of men. Come on. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And I want to tell you that the gulf that separated us from a God that loves us was breached, was crossed was bridged by a God who became a man and laid down his life on the cross. And I want to tell you this morning that his blood is enough. One drop of blood of the Father's blood is enough. One drop of blood is enough to wash your sins away. Come on, where there was a deficiency, he made a way. When I couldn't find mercy, he made a way. When I couldn't get back to where I was called to be, he made a way. He bridged the gap. He stepped out of heaven into the earth and became my sin so that I could experience life and life more abundantly. If you're looking for purpose today, it's in the house in Jesus Christ. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. I came to preach. Come on, somebody. I, I came to preach. Because there's people under the sound of my voice that you've experienced deficiency in your life. And you can't make up the difference. Come on, you're at a loss right now. You're working and laboring, trying to get your head above water, but you can't seem to figure it out. You can't seem to find the answer. You can't seem to get what you need in order to get just one breath of fresh air. But I came to preach to you this morning with a word from the Lord to tell you that Jesus is enough. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he's enough. 
You've tried everything else. Give him a try. Come on. He's enough. You've tried the alcohol and the drugs. You've sold out to that lifestyle. Now give him an opportunity. Come on. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that this is the best life. This is the best life. This is the blessed life. Jesus is enough. Somebody say, Jesus is enough. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. If the Spirit of God is working in your life, there's nothing that He can't do. Come on. He's greater than anything that might come against you. Come on. He is exceeding abundantly above. He's never beneath. Come on. He's never under. In fact, He has put all things under his feet and he is made to be the head over the church come on the body the church he has power over all things in heaven and in the earth there's nothing above him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this world but in that which is to come I serve a God that's above that's far beyond that's greater that's greater that's more that's bigger somebody say he's bigger he said I am the vine you are the branches. No man can bring forth fruit of himself except he abide in the vine. And then he goes on to say, without me, you can do nothing. Now there's a gospel out there that's being preached that they'll tell you that, what, what, that, that you have potential that's in you that you just got to be you, right? That, 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 that you can do anything. That, 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 you're, uh, that, that you have what you need on the inside. I don't believe that. Because if that is the case, we wouldn't need him. We would just have to tap into our inner self. Right? And that's what they try to get you to do. Tap into your inner self. But Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Come on. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. I'm going to tell you what you need. You don't need to tap in to your inner potential or your inner self. You need to lay all that garbage down and tap into the vine. Because the vine has everything that you need. Come on, the vine has it all. Whatever you're looking for, it can be made good by the vine who is Jesus Christ. He said, without me, you can't do anything. You can't even breathe without him. The fact that you're breathing is because of him. 
and you thought you got yourself up this morning and got yourself to church and did all that on your own. But I tell you, no, I don't believe there's anything by chance. I believe you're here in the perfect will of God, doing what God has pulled on you to do. Amen. Because we can't do anything of ourselves. No man cometh unto the Father except the Spirit draws him. You know, you can't even come to God except by God. You know, you can't get saved anytime you want to get saved. No man comes to God except the Spirit draw him. You can't just decide one day, I'm going to get saved. I'm going to wait till I'm on my deathbed and then I'm going to give my life to the Lord. That's not the way it works because the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. And the only way to get repentance and to find repentance is through godly sorrow where, where God begins to preach to you the word of the Lord. How can they believe what they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? It only happens through the foolishness of preaching where the work of the Holy Ghost begins to take place on the inside and you begin to feel sorry for the way that you've lived. Sorry for your sins. And in that moment, you respond to a God that's pulling on you. And he saves you from the guttermost and brings you to the uttermost. But you can't do that without him. I've watched people try to work up tears. To repent. Not going to happen. And you can have tears and not truly repent. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I didn't have this in my notes. Somebody needs to hear it. How many know Esau sought for repentance? But, but, but he found none. Even though he sought it carefully with tears. Amen. There was a moment that he was sorry for what he lost. He lost the birthright to Jacob. He sold it for just a bowl of beans. He lost the birthright. And when he wanted to get it back and tried to get it back, he could not get it back. Amen. If God has positioned you that you can feel sorry for the things that you've done, that is a gift from the Lord. That is a gift from God giving you an opportunity to be saved. And I wouldn't let that pass today without bowing my knee and crying out to a God who forgives and making, us, making an opportunity, taking, uh, taking advantage of the opportunity that God has given me. Somebody say amen. Man, God is enough. Somebody say he's enough. John chapter 6, we have a story here that Man, I've already preached. I'm going to preach again. John chapter 6, we have a story here. We all know, most of us who have ever been in church, if you've been to Sunday school, you've heard this story. What a miracle it is. They got a multitude of people, and they're hungry. Somebody say they're hungry. Because when you don't have what you need for a certain period of time, it makes you hungry. You don't have to be without food very long, Zach. <laughs> for us to realize I'm not getting what I need. 
right? So they're, they're, when, when you don't get what you need for a long period of time, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's an appetite or desire on the inside of you to get what you need, right? And, and so the, the, they come to the Lord. They're, they're in the wilderness. There's, there's no McDonald's nearby. So they, they come to the Lord, and they're hungry. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, most of us come to God when we're hungry. That's, we come to God when we're empty. We come to God when we don't have enough. We come to God because of the need we have in our lives. The fact that you're in church this morning tells me something about your motives and what you want for your life. Amen. That you want more for your life than what you've experienced up to this point. That you want the will of God for your life. The fact that they came to the Lord tells me something about who they are. They don't have any place else to feel it. There's no Wendy's or McDonald's nearby. They need some food. Somebody say, I need some food. So they start looking for food. Amen. When you're hungry, you look for what you need. The reason that some of us have wrecked our lives devouring things that we thought we needed We thought that that's what was going to fulfill us. We did that out of hunger. There's an emptiness on the inside of every person. And you do what you can do to fill it. Right? Your body's calling out to you with all the appetites of what it wants and what it desires. And we think if we fulfill what it desires or what I want or what, what my mind's telling me that I need, if we do that, then we'll be fulfilled. Only to find out we're left more empty and lost than we were before. Come on. Only to find out that now we're not just empty. Now we're broken. Now our body's struggling. Now our mind's all messed up. Now we have wounds in our lives and relationships in our families that we can't heal ourselves, and the more we try to fill it ourselves, the bigger the deficiency the more we try to fill it the more we shove down our gullet the more empty we feel come on but to realize and to have a revelation that Jesus is what I need I don't need drugs I don't need alcohol I don't need sex I don't need more money I don't need power I don't need more education I need Jesus Honey, Jesus. Amen. I've been there. I've been broken. But I've also been healed. Come on. I've been wounded, but I've been healed. I've been bruised, but Jesus bound up my wounds and he took me to a safe place and he allowed me some time to heal. And he said, go and do thou likewise. And he sent me here to tell you this morning that you don't have to live the rest of your days broken, busted and disgusted because he's more than you need. He's more than enough. He will make up the difference. He will make up what's been lost. So he sees them all coming. He says, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching hard. I'm even sweating and I don't sweat. Is it hot in here? Maybe that's the reason. Turn the air on. In this place. Somebody's cold, somebody's hot. 
He sees them all coming, this multitude. All right, back here. I need me track of little dude. He sees them coming. And so he asked Philip, look at this crowd. What's it going to take to feed all these people? I mean, this is the master. This is Jesus, the Messiah. The one who called Lazarus out of his grave. The one that laid his hand on, on blind folks and watched them be healed. Come on. Uh, there was a funeral possession coming by, and he said, hold up a moment. He interrupted a funeral and rose the dead. Come on, this is Jesus. This is God manifest in the flesh with all power in heaven and in earth. Asking Philip, do we have enough to feed all these people? Philip does like we all do. Sorry to disappoint you, Lord, but we don't have enough. This is not enough. <laughs> 200 penny worth. This just, I, I didn't look it up to see how much that was, but let's say 200 pennies is $2. I got half enough. Let's say they had $2. And he's like, uh, Lord, that's, that's not even enough to buy enough bread for everybody just to have a nibble. Just a, a nibble. Just enough to knock off the hunger. Just a, just a nibble. Because we only have the power to get enough on our own to knock off the edge. Right? Just a... You, when you're really hungry, what does a morsel of bread do for you? <laughs> He's like, man, I found that much bread in my beard. <laughs> What's this supposed to do, right? That's a big guy. I wouldn't want to tassel with him. Well, several big guys. I'm glad you're in the church this morning. Amen. Somebody comes after the preacher. I got some help. They might. I don't know. But we only have enough to just, just knock the edge off. But you know what it's like when you get a little bit, just a little bit of satisfaction with what you can purchase yourself and what you can pay for yourself and what you can gain yourself. It's, it's not enough to satisfy. It's always just enough to knock off the edge. But then the, in a couple hours, you're still, you're looking again for something to satisfy. Amen. Something to, to, to take away the hunger. Something to, to bring that satisfaction on the inside. And, and Jesus looks at Philip and he says, do we have enough to take care of the deficit of what, where we find ourselves? And Philip says, no, we don't have enough. 
not knowing who it was who, he, who was asking him. Not even realizing that the one who was asking him already had a plan. You know, he had a plan before the problem came up. Before the situation happened, he already had a plan. You know that the things that God does are forever settled in heaven? That, that when a situation happens, he's not scrambling to try to get his ducks in a row to make it happen for you. He already has a plan. Man, nobody's buying that this morning, but I'm selling it. Come on, are you buying it this morning? Do you believe that God's got a plan? Do you believe that he can do it? Amen. So he wanted to find out whether or not Philip was on board. Because Philip was, Philip was the resource guy. Philip was the answer guy. Amen. How many know Philip was the one that, that, uh, that brought uh, uh, Nathaniel to the Lord? Amen. He brought Nathaniel to the Lord, and, and, and he, he, he was the one he, he was the one the Lord put in, in charge of resources and knowing and, and understanding situations. And when the answer guy don't have the answer, what do we do? Right? Because Jesus needs to even have the answer guy to be dependent upon him. We have an answer guy in every church. The guy that gets the job done. Right? Regardless of what happens, tell Brother Smith. He'll do it. Right? Philip? This is Philip. Amen. Philip, do we have enough? We don't have enough. Not even, we don't even have enough to give them a nibble. Amen. But then there was Andrew. While Philip was trying to calculate what it was going to take to make it happen. Got any calculators in the room? Try to calculate how we were going to make this miracle happen. Right? Try to do it ourselves. Trying to come up with a plan and a way to make the will of God come to pass in our lives without truly trusting in him. It's not going to happen. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? Is this okay? It's, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to calculate your way to your miracle. You're not going to be able to reason your way to your miracle. You're not going to be able to calculate it on a calculator with what you have and figure out that you have enough because you're never going to have enough. Come on. To accomplish the will of God in your life. You're at a deficit, but you're talking to the master this morning. And the master sent me to tell you that you don't need to worry about all of the particulars. You just got to trust him. Man. And so Andrew comes. Andrew, uh, while, while Philip's trying to calculate, Andrew's going around to try to see who has something to offer. <laughs> right? He's trying to take care of the problem. He's trying to find something to give. 
He's trying to find something of value to give. Amen. Uh, Andrew was a giver. Amen. Andrew's the one that saw the potential in Peter and got a hold of Peter and brought Peter to the Lord and said, this is my brother, Peter. Andrew knew him first, but he brought Peter because he understood the potential that was in Peter. And Peter, the, the Lord looked at Peter and said, uh, uh, the flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church. Uh, and thou art Peter. Come on. How many know that he gave him a name? Uh, and I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Andrew, through his sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, uh, is the one that brought Peter, who was the lead apostle in the planting of the church uh, and planted him in the kingdom of God. Uh, he wasn't worried about competition. He wasn't worried about getting kicked to the bottom. He just knew the kingdom of God is calling for Peter and Peter is the one. Amen. Andrew finds the, the diamond in the rough. He finds a little boy with a basket of lunch. <laughs> Thank God for children. Philip tried to calculate, but Andrew just brought what he had. He finds a little boy with a Five barley loaves and two fishes. Now, when we think of, of loaves of bread, we think of how we get loaves of bread. Where you can eat a couple days on a loaf of bread. But that's not what these were. These were just little loaves of bread. Five of those and two fish. Give me two of those. Right, Zach? You pull up to the drive-thru and you say, give me two baskets of bread and two, four fish, right. I'm no Philip. <laughs> we'll leave that up to Matt and Mike and some of these smarter guys. Amen. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not much, right? We got a multitude, 5,000 people. Have you ever been in a place with 5,000 people? That's a lot of people. That is a lot of bodies. That, that's a lot of hunger. Amen. That, that is a, that's a lot of need. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ton of need. Amen. And they have one basket of five loaves and two fishes. Amen. Think of the de deficiency that they're at. Amen. Think of where they stand in looking at the situation. Amen. From a human perspective. From a human perspective, you're like, there's no way this can happen. There's no way we can meet this need. There's no way we can make this happen. Why don't we just take our five loaves and two fishes and go and we'll eat and leave everybody else out. That's the way it goes in some churches. Amen. 
But how many know the five loaves and the two fishes weren't just for one individual or two people? But what, what, what Andrew had to give, he was sowing into Jesus Christ, into the kingdom of God in obedience. This is what I found. This is all that I have. I'm going to give it to you because I know who you are. This is really not enough to feed all these people, but it's something... It's something. Somebody say it's something. Amen. It's a little bit. It's something. You're not left totally without nothing. Amen. You have a little bit of something to give. You know, at this point in your life, your life night might not be of any value. You might look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not worth a hill of beans, but it's something. Come on. And if you take your something and you give it to the Lord, God will begin to break it and he will bless it and he will multiply Because that's who he is. That's who he is. There's no deficiency too great. Come on. You're never too low for the Lord to pick you up. You're never so far down that the arm of the Lord can't reach us. He'll make up the difference. If you lift your voice unto the Lord, give him what you have. He will take it, place it in his hands, and mold it, and make it into what it's been purposed to be. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Now take Jesus out of the out of the mix, out of the, the scenario. Yes, please. Very good. See, we need smart people. We need people with a vocabulary. You know, besides ain't. I'm just a country boy. Amen. Take Jesus out of the equation. Okay? How does this situation turn out? Yeah. You ever been around a bunch of hungry people? Hangry people? I, I've been with Luke before, and he said, Dad, I'm so hungry, I'm mad. It's real. And if you're one of the ones in charge, they're fixing to string you up. Because you brought them out in the middle of the wilderness and now you don't have anything to give them. Come on, somebody. Because we can't make up the deficiency on our own. Amen. I don't have the power to make up the hedge and be the hedge. Come on. I don't have the power to be the bridge, but I know someone who does. Come on. And he didn't take it and start handing it out to people. He brought it to the Lord. Come on. He brought it to the Lord. You need to bring it to God. Come on. You need to lay it in the master's hands. You need to get a hold of Jesus and say, I don't have enough, but this is what I do have. And I'm telling you, I, the, the God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. His word is forever settled in heaven. And when I tell you, he will not refuse you. He will not turn you away. He will make up the hedge. He'll be what you need. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He will. He'll do it. 
Amen. They brought it to the Lord. And when the Lord, I need a basket. Looking under the pew like there's going to be a basket under the pew. Maybe there's a basket of bread. What's in that bucket right there? That's too, that's too big. That's more like a suitcase. There you go. Oh, ask and you shall receive. See, a good preacher would have had this prepared with a little bit of bread in it. I guess I'm, I'm still working on my game. Thank you. Lord, This might even be too big for what some of us feel like that we have. But this is what I found. I found a little boy, and he's got, he's got some, some bread and a couple fish. And uh, I, know, I know it's not enough. I, I know that it, it, won't, it won't meet the need. I know that. Uh, here it is, and I also know who you are. I know that you're, you're the God who created the heavens and the earth. All things were made by him and for him. Come on, somebody. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Come on, Amen. I'm just giving you some scripture to back it up. He placed it in the hands of the one who created everything. We look at where we're at, and we keep trying to apply the basket principle. I just made that up. The basket principle to meet the needs in our life. Just whatever I have in the basket that's what's going to have to be sufficient to get me where I need to be. And, and I keep going back to that basket, but that basket's empty. Come on, I don't have any more resources. I don't have anything. Come on, I've already exhausted it. But if you would take that, come on, and you would bring it to the Lord, and you would put it into the hands of the one who created everything, who is exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Come on. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. That tells me there's no deficiency too great. There's nothing that he can't do. There's no sickness bigger than God. Come on. There's no circumstance, situation, family trouble, marriage trouble that's bigger than God. There's no financial trouble that's bigger than God. There's no situation that God can't remedy. There's no, there's no question that he can't answer. There's no problem that he don't have the solution to. You need to put it in the Lord's hands. And I want to tell you this morning that if you place it in God's hands, he will take it and he will multiply it and he will meet the need in your life. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. So whether or not you believe the message or not today, that's not up to me. It's up to you.
Stand with me all around the building. If let, I want you to hear me this morning. If you believe me, let's start on the other side. If you don't believe what I'm preaching to you this morning, you'll walk out of here and you'll keep trying to do it yourself. You will. You'll keep scrambling for, for, for something to knock off the edge. You'll keep scrambling to find something to satisfy the hunger. You'll keep going back to your basket and getting your resources, resources which is limited. And I want to tell you, and I can, I can give you a heads up this morning, it won't meet the need. It will not do it. There's pleasure in sin for a season. But a season is just a short amount of time. And there will come a time when it will wear off and you'll be hungrier than you've ever been. And you'll go back to your basket of limited resources and try to find something. Entertainment. You might even buy a motorcycle, buy a sports car, buy a girlfriend. Come on. Am I telling the truth this morning? Something to try to fill the void. To fill the deficiency that you have on the inside. But I can give you a heads up this morning. It's not going to work. It will not work. I can stand here this morning and tell you from an honest and sincere heart, I've tried it that way. I've been there. It'll never make up the difference. But then there's people that are here this morning that believe what I'm preaching. Because the word will not profit you if it's not mixed with faith. And faith is not just a, a, a mental assent where you decide and agree and side with that way of thinking. Faith is an action. Faith is where you take the word of God and you say, this is the way I'm going to live. Because I believe what God's Word says, and it's going to produce what God said it will produce. The plan and the will of God will meet the need in your life. In Deuteronomy, I want you to listen to the Scripture, 28, 1 through 2, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all His commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations in the earth, and all the blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. That's not, that's not I'm just going to have the blessing of the Lord. It's going to overwhelm my life. It's going to overtake me. The blessing of God to obedient people takes control of your life 
And your life is no longer controlled by deceit and wickedness and sin, but it's controlled by the goodness and the blessing of the Lord. Man, that's where I want to live. But all I'm asking you this morning, it's as simple as this. Every one of us have a basket. Every one of us. Every one of us have a life. We have a spirit. We have a purpose. Every one of us were designed and fashioned for a purpose meant by God. Purposed by God. It's up to us. You know, that basket of bread and fish had a purpose. When that little basket of fish was given to Jesus, man, it, it wasn't enough. It didn't seem like enough. It wasn't enough. There's no way you can figure it that it's ever going to be enough. But when placed in the hands of the Lord, it became enough. Because when you add him to the equation, come on, when you add Jesus to the equation, it's always enough. Amen. It is over and above. It is exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He's not asking you to do it. He's not asking you to heal it. He's not asking you to make up the deficiency. He's asking you to bring it to him. Give it to him. And he'll do the rest. Come on, somebody. Give it to him. And he'll do the rest. I don't know what it is this morning. I don't know what the situation or circumstance is. I don't know exactly what the deficiency is. But I'll come to preach this morning. If you will put it in his hands, he'll take care of it. Everybody in the building, lift your hands as we begin to call on the name of the Lord and sing. If you want to run down to this altar and pray, this altar's open. If that's you and you want to bring your basket and you want to lay it on the altar, come on. I want you to bring it down. I want you to physically lay it on the altar and say, God, I've tried to do it myself. I've tried to make up the hedge. I've tried to be the difference. I've tried to have enough strength. I've tried to have enough wisdom. I've tried to have enough money. I've worked and I've labored only to find myself more empty. Here it is, God. I don't have enough, but I know that you're enough. I place it in your hands today. Uh, mold it and make it into what you want it to be. Come on, there's a drawing of the Lord this morning. Why don't, you, why don't you run out of your seat and come down here? Nobody in this church is going to judge you. Come on, I don't care if you've been saved for 30 years. If you want to lay your life in the Lord's hands afresh, come on, get out of your seat and come down here. Lift your hands and pray. Come on, respond to the word of the Lord in faith. I believe what that man's saying. I believe that Jesus is enough. I believe that he's more than enough. I'm going to give it to him. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.